0: everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crip review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is season four, episode 10, Maniac at Large. This episode stars Blythe Danner, and since I like Blythe Danner and my mom likes Blythe Danner, and I keep wanting to call her Blythe, even though it's Blythe, I thought I'd have my mom on here again. Hi, mom. Hi, my sweet. Thanks for coming back on here again. You're welcome. We just got done watching the episode, which I guess is technically probably just the only second episode you've ever seen from Tales from the Crypt, probably. So we'll get into this here. Like I said, it was season four, episode 10, Maniac at Large. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode was directed by John Frankenheimer, who also directed movies like The Manchurian Candidate. The screenplay was by Mae Woods. This stars, like I said, Blythe Danner from movies like Meet the Parents, and Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. And if you have not seen that movie, what are you waiting for? It's very cute. She falls in love with a guy who runs a cafe and it's really sweet, so it's a fun movie all around, so go watch it. This episode also stars Salome Jins from TV's Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Clarence Williams III from movies like The General's Daughter, and Abba Baba Tunde from TV's Half and Half, and also Adam Ant from Love Bites, and he's also a musician. Okay, so this episode aired August 19th, 1992, and I'll go ahead and read the description on the box here. Seven people have been slain. Who will be next? A mousy librarian frets over reports of a serial killer. And that's basically it, really. That's what this whole episode is about. Blythe Danner plays the mousy librarian, which really she's a clerk. She's not the librarian, but all right. We get started in this episode here. The Crypt Keeper is on his game on this one. Uh, He has really thrown out so many puns. There's a lot in the beginning. He's a real estate developer or something in the beginning where he's trying to sell things. And it's a lot of death puns and morgue puns. And um, instead of the property being sold, it's it's sold, but it's S-O-U-L-E-D. And it's like, ah, ha, ha, I get it. And he's in like a cute little suit and everything. So he brings in the episode and we're going to go ahead and get started. Mom, are you ready? Yep. All right, let's do it. So it starts out with a really long intro where it's just a background of a, a mural on a wall that says knowledge is power. It's at a library and it's a pretty big library really. I think. Yeah it's
1: a huge library. It is. It's kind of creepy. Yeah it's very creepy.
0: Well it'd be nice if... It's they... like an old
1: building. Just like an old building. That yeah.
0: Look. I think it's definitely some sort of like city public library. There's suspicious characters all up in this library <laughs> from the beginning. Like it's a really busy library. There's quite a bit of people. Some people are just sleeping. Some people are reading the paper. It's kind of dusty looking. I feel like they could have some brighter lights. Yeah. Yeah. There's a woman here in the intro. She's homeless. She's just walking around picking through the trash. There's this creepy guy who keeps reading about serial killers, which we'll get into later. I'm pretty sure that's Adam Ant that's playing that character. There's a security guard played by Clarence Williams III. His name is Grady. I find it interesting that there's only one security guard considering how big this place is. And especially because there's some punky kids and he really doesn't seem to do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Grady doesn't. So this punky kid who's, like, in this
1: gang is, like, messing with this old guy and taking the newspaper. Well, he stabs it with the knife. Yeah. Right away you think, okay, scares the crap out of the guy because he's reading the paper and on the front of it it says Maniac at Large. Yeah,
0: that's the whole thing. It's, there's a maniac on the loose. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's kind of on edge. A Maniacs at Large, there's been seven murders so far. They've all been men and it's all over the papers and so yeah this punky kid comes up with this knife and stabs through it which yeah that is really risky this guy was reading the paper and then the librarian sees it and she's this uppity lady who comes by her name is miss pritchard i have her down in my notes as a library slave driver <laughs> and she comes over and she's like what are you doing how could you And she sees that they had written in the table <laughs> homies So H-O-M-I-E-S is in there and all these guys are sitting there with their glasses on their sunglasses on and music and they're like what's going on here.
2: You're defacing public property. Rub that out right now. What was that? No eraser. How oh, dare you behave in here like you do in school? Brady, escort these boys out of the library. They may return when they're ready to act like civilized youngsters.
1: Yeah.
0: And it kind of looks like they carved it into mm-hmm. the table. I thought
1: they used that knife to carve it, but they didn't.
0: Which I think would have been a little better mm-hmm. that they carved it, but no, they just wrote it but they did have the switchblade, and so Mitch Pritchard's like, Grady, the security guard, get him out of
1: here. Well, no, the switchblade ended up being underneath the other newspaper that he had. Yeah,
0: I think that's from when he stabbed it. And right. Because like, she and was coming she over. she said,
1: you're defacing this property, and you guys need to be You're not going to act like you do in class. You yeah. guys need to leave, and you can come back when you can act appropriate. She probably like, and that should be never. So he didn't, Grady, all he did was go over there and stand there, and then they left. Yeah. <laughs> they were too <laughs> afraid. And yeah, so Grady just,
0: yeah, looks at them and they all walk out. Poor Blythe Danner, who is playing the the library clerk Margaret. She's a very mousy, shy I think she's adorable in this. Anyway, she mm-hmm. always is in everything she's in. And she is in charge of erasing the word homies off of this table with like a pencil eraser. it's really tiny eraser. <laughs> a little pencil, yeah, eraser. Little big pencil eraser. Like yep. you don't have anything bigger than that, at this library. And so she heads over to go to go erase it. And when she does that, that's when she finds the switchblade under this maniac at large newspaper. And she's immediately intrigued. She closes it and she pockets it in the in the pocket of her dress. And so Margaret has only worked here about two weeks. She doesn't quite know how everything goes, it, it seems like. So, you know, the day goes on and she's talking, Margaret's talking to Grady, the security guard, and... They're whispering, but it's more of like a, it's a loud whisper. And so they're talking down at the desk and he started it. The thing did, with, yeah. yeah, the thing with Margaret is she keeps getting blamed for stuff that was, she never starts it. She's just there. And Miss Pritchard is, is up on top of the walkway near her office and she can hear them. And Grady's talking about how they're they got scheduled for overtime and it's mandatory. And I'm like, there's literally like three people that works in this entire place. Of course, they're going to probably have to do overtime. And he's mad about it. And then Miss Pritchard is like, can I see you up in my office? And Miss Pritchard explains to them that they're going to, they have to do this overtime. She really isn't giving them a choice. Though I don't really feel like Danner's character had anything else to do. Now maybe Grady's did and he's just kind of bummed about it. But for a security guard, he's weird. He, yeah, he's a little weird. He... He doesn't even have, like, his shirt all the way buttoned up. He looks kind of small. Well, she's trying to get
1: rid of him, but she's having a hard time. So she's trying to get him replaced with somebody else. Yeah,
0: because even Margaret was like, why don't you get an actual security guard here? Yeah, somebody who's
1: going to do something. And she's
0: like, I can't. He's a civil servant, which I'm guessing it's some sort of, like, union thing. And, like, she can't technically fire him without having a good cause.
2: You really shouldn't distract Brady, dear. He has a somewhat limited attention span, as it is. Your encouraging his companionship doesn't help matters.
3: Well, I wasn't encouraging him. We were just talking about working late tonight. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it must have slipped my mind.
2: Well, I need you to help me with the inventory for the city book sale this weekend. Is there someone you need to call? You never mentioned your family. Do you need to call them?
3: No. I, I mean, that's all right. I- I'll stay. Oh, well,
2: good. I'll order in sandwiches.
0: They can have a picnic. Margaret goes up to Miss Pritchard's office and it's got all this uh, this real old computer and they're talking and she's telling her about the overtime and you find out here that Margaret doesn't really have anyone to call, like any family. She's just like, no, it's fine. I could do it, you know, that would be okay. And it's it's definitely given the impression that it wasn't really an option. She has to stay behind so they can do inventory and get things ready for the book sale on the weekend. They close at nine, so it's already kind of late. Like mm-hmm. she literally found out 20 minutes before well, they were like, going to close. her. Yeah. So it's like she would have been like, okay, bye, I'm leaving. And then uh, Miss Pritchard would have been like, oh, no, what? You are staying here. Like you were saying when we were watching it, that it's not like they're probably making a whole lot of money. And so I love this. Right when Blythe Danner leaves it, she gets this look on her face where she's like, she just... It's supposed to be her angry, but it's it's almost like too charming to be angry. Like she's, she's like, I can't believe I have to work overtime. I told her I wouldn't. Ugh. And so now they're closing down. It's getting darker. This place is really dark. They do have quite a bit of lights, but they don't like to keep them on. It's like you'd think... You'd want the lights on so you could read better in this library. Yeah. And so Margaret's putting away all the books and the references and getting things organized. And they're pretty much closed. That's when Adam Ant's character shows up. And he's the creepy guy who was reading about the serial killers. Which, I get it. I, I like all the stuff with all that stuff too. I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about it. I know a lot about serial killers that I probably shouldn't. Um, and I have some favorites. Even though I probably shouldn't either. And he shows up and he's got this book, which is great because it's called it's called Alone with the Devil. And he's real creepy and he, they keep making it look to where like you can see the title of the book the whole time. So he's always just like, Alone with the Devil, <laughs> Alone with the Devil. And later they're talking and he's like got it facing. I can tell they're like trying to throw you off a little bit with this guy. And they're doing a good job because he is really creepy. He's getting like all of in her face. Such a
4: fascinating book. If the police were to read it, they might understand what kind of man their serial killer is. Well, that's what they think he is. A serial killer. But he's not. No, serial killers are hunters looking for a particular kind of victim. Not our killer. His victims have got nothing in common, apart from the fact they're all men. That's pure coincidence, really. I have a theory about his next victim. Interesting. You ought to be. Because the next one's going to be a woman.
0: He's there to basically freak her out and explain everything about this killer. Well, he he
1: says it's not a serial killer. and Who knows it could be a girl next time, even though it's been all boys this time or before.
0: Yeah, because he's like, I've been studying it, and it's not a serial killer because none of these victims have anything in common right. besides being men. Right. And, and he's it like, could be
1: a girl next time. Who knows?
0: And so he's making Margaret really uncomfortable. She's come down, and she's trying to work and ignore him, and he's following her back behind the desk where he's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And he's still got the book showing the title, Alone with the Devil, and she's just getting really uncomfortable. And so Miss Pritchard comes over and immediately chastises her for letting this guy back here. And it's like as if she had a moment or a chance to even say no. She just wants him to leave him alone. She's giving a lot
1: of context clues to leave her alone. But this guy is just not getting the message. No, he's creeping her out more. He's saying all these things that would be, instead of trying to be nice about stuff and calm her down about things with the serial killer, he's trying to creep her out about it more.
0: Yeah, and yeah, especially a little, little bit later. So then Miss Pritcher comes down and she gives her these um, these drawings, these maps. And she's like, will you take them down to the dark, creepy basement? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what she With says. No lights. But that's basically it. She's like, "Will you take these into the basement?" And yeah, there's no lights except for when you get to the very bottom. There's one dim interrogation light from like Law and Order, and that's all it is. Lighting this whole place up. And I would have ran down there real quick and just been like Pfft, and thrown it down. There. <laughs> but so she walks down there and she's already on edge from this creep guy. And she goes to put the things down there, and when she gets down there, she's, you know, putting everything up, and she sees a shadow, there's a bunch of shelves down there, and she looks through the shelves, and she sees someone with a knife stabbing something angrily, but all she can see is the hand and the knife, and she starts freaking out, and so she runs back upstairs, she's, like, really losing out, she screamed really loud, she runs straight upstairs, up the bridge, all the way up to Miss Pritchard's office, comes running into the office, she's like, oh my gosh, there's a man down there with a knife, Technically, she didn't know it was a man. She immediately was like, it's a man. Yeah, she said,
1: there's a man down there with a knife. So then she had Grady go down there. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, what's he going to do? And, uh, he don't have nothing but a billy club.
0: Yeah, so then she has she has Grady go down. She's like, actually, yeah, did she do that before Pritchard? Before she went and saw Miss Pritchard?
1: Mm-mm. No. He was up in there with Miss Pritchard.
0: No, that's another guy that's a detective.
1: No, first went that because nobody knows she has that knife yet. Oh, I know. But I mean, like, did, she, did Grady come on to her yet? No, not until they went downstairs to find... She followed him down the steps.
0: Okay, but then did she go to Miss Pritchard's office after that? That's what I'm trying to remember.
1: Oh, yes, she did. So well, wait a minute. That's what I'm trying to remember, if this thing will work. Maybe she came up to Grady and Grady went down. Maybe she said to Grady, somebody's down there. That's what she did. She came up to Grady and said, a man's down there stabbing someone. And so he went down there. She followed him. Okay, yeah, I'll go back then.
0: Okay, so she's down there. and She gets real freaked out. So she comes running up and she finds Grady right away. And she, and she's like, oh my gosh, help. And he's like, okay, I'll go down. And she's like, there's a man down there or someone's down there with a knife and someone's being murdered and I don't know what's going on. So he goes down there and he doesn't even have a flashlight. No, he has a billy club. <laughs> he has a billy club and he's like, I got this. And you're like, okay. He's like, not, I mean, he's not in bad shape, but I mean, I don't think he's going to do much. And so he goes down there and he starts poking around. And then that's when this part's kind of funny because she's down there and she's picking up the sign and like kind of like scared and hiding to the side and that's when she sees what she thinks is a boot Mm -hmm. and she's like oh my gosh there's the killer like there's a guy standing there in the in his shoes and then grady walks over and picks it up and it's a big thing of like malt liquor or whatever and it's wrapped up really weird with a big bag to where it kind of looks like a boot on the side i'm like really and he's like oh you found my liquor and he just starts like drinking it found my stash yeah (sighs)
4: Oh, my stash. <sighs> hey no, don't worry. Ain't nobody down here now, except us. It.
0: Which it didn't look like he had a lid on it. No, it looks like he just—he <laughs> like was just sitting there. <laughs> he's just leaning up. He's like, "Oh yeah, I just keep a buzz going the whole time." So he's been drinking on the job. So he's like, "Oh, you found my stash," and she's just like terrified because he couldn't find anyone down there but he's also making a lot of noise which probably scared whatever if there was someone down there or down, you know gone so then he's like well you found my stuff don't say anything or whatever and then he's kind of coming on to her like he kind of sneaks his hand over and like touches her fingers like you know we're all alone down here Yeah, he's now. Like, he even says that we're yeah all alone. he's like we're all alone now and she's like oh my god like she can't it's too much. It's too much for her. First, this guy's creeping her out. Then she thinks she sees a murderer. And then this guy who she's known for like two weeks that she was maybe just trying to be friends with yeah. is coming on to her. And she's like, I just can't. So then she runs up to Mrs. Pritchard's office right away. And there's a detective guy in there with her, which at first she's like, oh, good. There's a guy down there. But this this detective guy is only there to investigate a robbery that happened before Margaret even got there. Someone stole like five typewriters, which I think those are actually kind of expensive somehow i don't know why margaret she's like oh there was a, someone down there with a knife and when she says that she pulls the switchblade out yeah, of her somehow dress she
1: somehow kind of, not she pulls her hand out when she, she does doesn't know she's with her but like she doesn't it, even, like she doesn't know she's she does with it
0: i don't think she knew because then when they mention it they're like what's that knife she's like oh you mean oh, this one yeah like, i
1: found this or this is the knife from that kid
0: like she immediately is like constantly reaching and then for all it. she
1: says is that grady's been drinking on the job yeah. she never says anything about him trying no. to come on to her
0: but I was thinking about that and I'm like well I mean it was 1992 she'd only been at the job for like two weeks does she really want to make a complaint against a guy I mean he touched her hands it's not like he you know
1: yeah but he was saying that we're all alone now. I know
0: yeah I mean she he creeped her out bad it was creepy it. but I mean yeah I mean like I mean it's different nowadays but I don't know I feel like maybe she wouldn't want to stir the waters but she was able to get him with the drinking you Right. Know, she was like well I can prove that So yeah, she's up there talking to Miss Pritchard. They're like, why do you have that knife? She's like, oh, I took it from a gang boy that was down there. The detective's like, so this has nothing to do with downstairs? She's like, no. And so he goes down to check it out. They all head downstairs to go look. And then that's when they find that someone was down there stabbing stuff, but they were stabbing like these art books of these naked women. Yeah.
1: We never do know who that is. That's a detective. No, who's slashing the
0: books. Oh yeah, they think it might be one of the gang kids. I think they're like, oh, oh he probably like they were
1: mad and came back. How and... they get downstairs? I like don't that? know.
0: There was a window. They could have like uh. pushed it open or something.
1: But yeah, I mean, for all you, well, we know... also don't realize that he leaves her knife upstairs. Yeah, and um, the detective does. The detective leaves the knife upstairs in the la- what's the lady's name? The Miss uh,
0: Pritchard. Miss Pritchard's office. Yeah, so it's on Miss Pritchard's desk. Because at first I was like, oh, maybe he took it, but technically it's not evidence. So he was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, look, a knife. And then he put it back down, which I don't know why Margaret wasn't like, yoink, and just like Mm -hmm. took it back. Detective is like, there's only so much I can do. I can't really, we don't know who it is. So we're just gonna let it go. So Grady's all mad now, probably because he got turned down is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're getting ready to close up the library. They're saying bye to the detective. There's still some people kind of walking around. Miss Pritchard's like, oh, hey, we're going to close in like 10 minutes. She like puts a little thing out on the microphone.
3: There, you see? There's nothing to worry about. There's one more problem. Now, I don't want to get Grady into trouble or anything, but he has been drinking. And it just seems to me with everything that's been happening in the past few days that we ought to have a real security officer.
2: I have tried to replace Grady, but he is a civil servant. It's almost impossible. So, I've pretty much decided to deal with him in another way. Oh, goodness look at the time but what
3: are we gonna do we need
2: protection you are overreacting dear the serial killer business sells a lot of newspapers aren't you afraid I think that everybody in this world gets what he or she deserves if you put out fear and negativity that's what comes back to calling you the library's closing in 10 minutes
0: and then that's when Blythe is kind of like Grady has been drinking oh, like if, yeah, yeah she's like I you know he's been drinking on the job hint hint and in the beginning it was funny how it's like they were talking to each other and then Miss Pritchard was like, you know, you shouldn't- you shouldn't make friends and talk- if you're gonna talk, talk in my office. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's only just the
1: three of them. They should all be somewhat tight. You want to be close <laughs> if it's just the three of you. No, well, no, because she said when you're in the library part, that's hush-hush like mice.
2: Just remember, if you want to talk, you're welcome to come in here and talk. But out
0: there, you must be a little mice.
1: Okay, but yes, like, mice. If you want to talk to each other, you have
0: to come up to my room. I'll be like, I'll show you mice. Yeah, there's probably... No, I think freaking, mice ain't quiet. There's probably, like, a recording device up there so she can hear everything. Mm-hmm. She's like, come up to my office. Pritchard and Grady go and talk, and Margaret's listening, and he gets real upset and storms out of the library. So now they're closing, and it's just the two of them. Uh, Miss Pritchard's like, well, I'm gonna go get us some sandwiches. I'm really hungry. Right away, Margaret's like, you don't have to leave. I'm fine. It's fine. And she's like, well, I'm hungry. So now she's all by herself. It's supposed to be closed,
1: but that creepy serial killer lover guy is still there. She don't realize it till after Miss Pritchard gives her the keys. She goes, yeah. well, if you feel safer, here's the keys you can lock up after me. And she leaves and she locks up and then turns around. There's the creepy guy.
0: And the way she said it was almost condescending. Like, mm-hmm. it makes you feel better. It's yeah. like, there's a killer out there. Yeah, she's going to lock it. So she locks up, Margaret does, and she turns around. She's like, oh my gosh, didn't know the serial killer guy was here. This is when he gets really creepy and he starts being like,
4: For all we know, our killer could be up um, a little man in an old trench coat and who wears little round glasses. <laughs> and then one day he snaps and goes berserk. Yeah, I can see our man working himself up into quite a little frenzy. <laughs> it's what you have to do to kill with a knife, you know? Like our man always does. I mean, it's harder than you think to slash a man's throat. You gotta get close. <laughs> Close enough to feel their breath on your hand. Close enough to look into their eyes and see the blood spurt out. Please stop! Oh, I'm sorry,
1: I didn't mean to upset you.
0: He knew that Miss Pritchard wasn't there because she stepped out and he saw that the security guard stepped out mm-hmm. and he's like right that on her.
1: completely creeping her out.
0: Yeah, and it's just like this, he's all up on her and he's freaking her out and she's getting really nervous. And eventually, she gets him to leave. So she goes back over through the desk, and now she's just still panicked. She can see the, the newspaper, and they zoom in on Maniac, and they zoom in at large, and Seventh Victim, and she's like, oh, my God. Technically, she should be working on inventory, but she's scared. And that's when this part that bothered me happens. And so this guy who's like, I don't think, he's not homeless,
1: because we find out later Well, we he, thought he was. Yeah, we thought he was, because he's... Because they talked about, Grady was talking about how he was trying to get them to let the homeless come in at nighttime and stay. Oh, because it's so cold. Uh-huh, and... But you, he said, but you see how far that got? Well, because that, me. in the beginning... So that, then that makes you think that's a homeless guy. Yeah, family.
0: well, in the beginning, that creepy lady was singing Old McDonald right. Had a Farm. Uh-huh. Like, she was just, like, hanging out behind the desk, going through their trash. And so this guy is banging on the door, and he's like, let me in, let me in, and I have a book, you know, and he's... Oh, he's acting nuts on Yeah, so. and he's, he's, yeah, he's acting really crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, this part angered me a little bit, because I'm like... First of all, there's a book slot. Mm
1: -hmm. He
0: had, he knows that. He needs to just put it through the slot, which he does later, after he screams. After he's banged on the door. For, like, ten minutes at this poor woman who looks terrified. And went over to the
1: other emergency door side, and he was doing that side. And And,
0: and I'm like, 15 cents of your overdue book fee, it's not gonna be a problem. Like, (laughs) you you can bring it back the next day, it'll be fine, and there's a book slot. And so, yeah, he runs over to the side, and he's, like, hitting the, the side door, and then she goes over to check that and the alarm goes off so now she's scared and the alarm's going on and he's banging on the door. So she does what she does. The best thing she can think of she just turns all the lights out. She's like I can't hear anything. La la la. And she just turns all the lights out, blocks out this guy is panicking. And then all of a sudden that's when you hear Miss Pritchard's back. The door still knocking in the background, but then it's Miss Pritchard. She's yeah. saying, "Let
1: me in." And now
0: she's like, "What are you doing?" Here? I'm like, "Oh good. Now she'll look super brave uh-huh. <laughs> in front of her boss. And so she lets her in, she's got the sandwiches, and this is when Miss Pritchard, who should have probably explained this two weeks ago when mm-hmm. Margaret started the job, was that this man who was returning the book does this all the time. He works late, so sometimes he shows up after hours and she lets him in. But he did put the book in the book slot eventually. But, uh, yeah, eventually
1: he just put him in the book slot. So why he did so I'm like, that? I don't
0: know why he was so worried. Unless he just likes to come in and chat with Miss Pritchard, but she wasn't there, so I don't know. So Miss Pritchard's like, no, he brings the books by all the time, what are you doing? And she's like he was crazy. He was banging on the door and he does. Look, he looks a little odd and it's because he has like a bone disorder so his face <laughs> isn't the most appealing thing. So this is where Miss Pritchard is starting to get on Margaret's nerves and so Miss Pritchard's like, I can't believe you're that crazy and then Margaret's like, the phone wasn't working and then Miss Pritchard's like, yeah, I, I turned it off and that's when she gets, I love this because this is where Blythe Danner goes from being all scared to being like, what? Like, she gets this look like, she's like, how dare
1: you? She's like, like you turned the phone off while, yeah. I'm, while you left me here? Yeah. By myself? She's like,
0: oh, I'm glad that you turned it off and didn't tell me. So I thought I was all yeah, my and then myself. Miss
1: Pritchard's like, well, it was after hours. I was like, really? Why would you?
0: Yeah, even it? my even my note here is Blythe Danner's face when the phone was turned off. Because <laughs> she just has this face where she's like, I cannot believe you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they go back up to their office to talk and Miss Pritchard's like, I know you're
2: upset about these motors but I can assure you, you're
0: quite safe here.
2: The newspapers have built up this maniac character. He did this, he did that. What nonsense. What if it isn't a man? It could just as easily be a woman. (laughs) That'd surprise everyone, wouldn't it?
0: And as they're talking, Margaret's getting more and more irritated. And what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, just like upset. But Agitated? agitated, that's what I'm looking for. She's looking more and more agitated And she goes to sit Margaret down in her chair in her office, and this is near where the knife is, and she's like, where did Grady go? She's like, you sent him away. Maybe you killed him, Miss Pritchard. Where did he go? And she's like, what are you talking about? So I guess she's thinking, like, after Grady ran out that maybe when Miss Pritchard left to go get sandwiches, quote-unquote, maybe she killed him?
1: Well, yeah, because then she says, you know, you hate everybody. You know, so
0: she's like, yeah, I think you're the murderer and now you want to kill me. And Miss Pritchard's like, that's crazy. And so Margaret goes to stand up to be like, that's crazy. And she starts choking her out. They turn around. And so Miss Pritchard gets pushed back into the chair now. She pushes her down. And then that's when she reaches over to the switchblade, pops it open and just starts stabbing. Stabbing Miss Pritchard over and over. She's like, you're just like all the rest, like all the others. And that's a really important line. And this is when you realize that Margaret... Is the serial killer. She's not really a serial killer, but she's the maniac. She, I guess, has like a dissociative identity disorder thing where she gets real agitated and paranoid and thinks that whoever these men were, these seven other men, maybe they were just trying to help her. And she got irritated and stabbed them. So she would kill a lot of these people and then she would just kind of go back to being her little mousy self, completely mm-hmm. ignoring that she did what, what she, she did. What she says. I'm not scared
1: anymore.
0: So it's like, once she gets rid of the problem, she's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, everything's fine. So this is when Grady comes running back. I have back. to get
1: a new job, I guess. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is look best. Grady comes up here and he's like, oh, hey, I was checking the back door. I heard the alarm or whatever. And he comes up and he just looks terrified. He sees Miss Pritchard in the chair. She's all stabbed. And this is where another reason I like Blythe Danner's character in this is because she can go from being mousy, to being angry, to being crazy. Mm -hmm. And so now she's got this real creepy, faraway look, and she's just looking through the window here in the office. And she's like, well, I guess I have to resign now. Well, I guess I have to resign. Move on again. (laughs) I liked it
3: here. But this city made me nervous. So much crime. I don't like being afraid all the time. (laughs) I'm sorry about giving such short notice.
0: I hope you won't think too badly of me.
1: So basically that's what she's been doing, just moving around. Mm -hmm. She keeps going places and then when she gets afraid, whatever makes her afraid or aggravated, then she kills someone and then she moves on to the next place.
0: And she's so sweet and nice that people wouldn't really suspect her. And she doesn't even realize she really killed Miss Pritchard because she looks back at her and she's like, I hope you don't think too badly of me by <laughs> not leaving enough time to resign. Oh, like,
1: yeah, she's sorry I didn't give <laughs> yeah, you a
0: For, like, her two weeks time. notice, uh-huh. she's like, sorry. And that's the end of the episode. Blythe Danner's character, Margaret, is the killer. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts back to the Crypt Keeper. Again, he's really nailing it with these puns. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is...
4: You'll be happy to know that I made a sale. The negotiations were fierce. But after I threw in a couple of acres, the rest was easy.
0: (laughs) There goes the neighborhood. (laughs) And so with this one, there is no trivia from IMDb. So that is the end of season four, episode 10, Maniac at Large. The next episode is Season 4, Episode 11, Split Personality. Mom, thank you so much for being on here again. You're welcome. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Good. Everybody, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. If you'd like to leave a review, you can do so on Facebook. I have a group there. Uh, you can also do it on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. There's also a Twitter page you can follow. That's at G-E-K Podcasts or at GEC Podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and peace.
4: But my heart was...